Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, friends, and welcome to Bible Truth for Living. This is Pastor Tim Reynolds, your host. I'm excited to be with you today. I want to make a couple of announcements before we bring the message. First of all, we want to share our thoughts and prayers with Brother Ted Gresham at the passing of his wife, Deborah. Sister Deborah and Brother Ted have supported our broadcast for many years, and Sister Deborah went home to be with the Lord recently. And so we just want our friend, Brother Ted Gresham, to know that we appreciate your support of our program and uh, our prayers are with you as uh, Sister Deborah has gone home to be with Jesus, and we're looking forward to seeing her again one day in heaven. And then I need to also uh, remind you of a couple of events we have uh, coming up at our churches. First of all, uh, Sunday, September the 10th is National Grandparents Sunday. We're going to uh, honor all of the grandparents that day. We're going to take a big group photo of our grandparents with their grandchildren uh, on our church stage, and then also individual family pictures of grandparents and grandchildren, as well as a free gift to all the grandparents. So that will be September the 10th at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple at 10 a.m. and Waltonville Community Church at 11.15 a.m. And then September the 17th is National Back to Church Sunday, a good time to invite friends and family maybe who have uh, gotten out of church, gotten out of the habit of going, and invite them to come back to church on September the 17th as we have some special things planned for that day as well. So opportunities, if you do not have a home church, we welcome you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning at 817 Woodland Drive off of 37 South in Mount Vernon and 321 South Hiron Street, Waltonville Community Church across from the Waltonville Cafe. Today's message is titled Spiritual Deconstruction. Reading from John chapter 6, Beginning in verse 63, Jesus says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Maybe you're not familiar with the term spiritual deconstruction, but it is a rising trend among youth and adults in evangelical churches today. They are called spiritual deconstructionists. Some refer to themselves as exvangelicals rather than evangelicals. Spiritual deconstruction is the process of questioning, reevaluating, and restructuring one's belief system. Let me give you some examples. Former evangelical church pastor and author Joshua Harris unexpectedly announced in 2019 that he was leaving his wife and is no longer a Christian. Former Campus Crusade for Christ volunteers Rhett McLaughlin and Link Neal shockingly announced their departure from Christianity uh, on their popular podcast program in 2020. Abraham Piper, son of well-known author and pastor John Piper, announced that he was questioning the validity of Scripture and turned his back on Christianity at the age of 19. Another man by the name of Mayshawn Simon, a preacher and doctoral candidate at Columbia Theological Seminary, actually spoke of his decision to deconstruct his faith. He said, quote, There are some things growing up that I no longer believe. 
I was taught the Bible was the infallible, inerrant word of God. I no longer believe that. I no longer believe that Jesus is the only way to God. And then he makes this statement, which I think is rather telling. Attending theological seminary granted me the opportunity to question and decipher meaning for myself. Deconstructing is about experimenting like chefs deconstruct their dishes, taking ingredients and repurposing them to better serve me, unquote. Now, God is plenty big enough to handle our doubts and our questions, but deconstruction can lead to destruction. And so what a deconstructionist does is uses the script or uses culture rather to critique the scripture rather than using scripture to critique the culture. Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers said, visit many books, but live in the Bible. You know, with so many websites today and podcasts, all of these things available on the internet to pique our interest, it's easy to get drawn away from truth and from God and to be drawn in toward opinions and feelings. Now, I want to share with you before I actually get into the crux of the message, the difference in a backslider and a deconstructionist, all right? So when I use that term deconstructionist, another term that may be a little more familiar is apostasy or apostate. There is a difference in backsliding and apostatizing. Peter, the apostle Peter, was a backslider. Here's what I mean. Peter, remember Jesus said, you're all going to deny me. And Jesus, or Peter said, no, that'll never happen. And he ended up doing that. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. He is a picture of a backslider, one who is disobedient, breaks fellowship with Christ. All right. In that case, a believer is chastised by God to bring them back to him. So uh, they are out of fellowship and they have backslidden. All right. Apostasy is when someone completely turns from the truth. In fact, the truth never took root in their life to begin with. The other disciple that we know of, and that is Judas Iscariot, he was an apostate or a deconstructionist. All right. Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and never turned his never turned back to Christ or anything like that. He wasn't just a backslider, he was an apostate. The truth never reached his heart. In fact, he was a rejecter of Christ, uh, didn't just simply break fellowship with Christ. Now, we're talking about deconstruction or apostatizing, turning from the truth or turning from the faith. First of all, let's talk about the development of deconstruction. What is it that brings a person to the place where he or she turns back from Christ? Well, I think it all begins with what drew them to Christ in the first place. Jesus makes a statement in John chapter 6 and verse 44 where he says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. The word draw there, we often use the word convict. For us to come to Christ for salvation, we must first be drawn by God through the Holy Spirit. All right, convicted. That can happen through a message like this on the radio, a gospel track, someone witnessing to us, all right? But we're drawn to salvation because of of God, that conviction that that comes, all right? But not everyone is drawn to God that way, all right? And so an apostate doesn't get drawn to God through the Spirit as much as by other means. What are some of the other means that oftentimes will draw people to Christ? Well, the first one is what I call excitement. 
The Bible says in chapter 6 and verse 2, and a great multitude followed him. Some people come to Christ because of other people. All right, there's a big crowd. And so since someone else is going, I think I'll go. It's exciting. And so that draws them to Christ. Another one is expectations. In verse 2, they, they followed him because they saw his miracles. They were expecting performance, all right? Jesus is performing some things. I want to get in on the performance. Again, we see that today. Some people are drawn to Christ because of other people. They're following the crowd, all right? Others because of the performance. And unfortunately, the church in the 21st century has tried to appeal to a lost world by putting on a good performance. Now, that's not to say that all music is bad and all of these different programs, but when the focus is put upon music and performance and not so much on the Word of God, people are going to be drawn uh, not from God, but from the performance. And then you have some are drawn by experiences or personal gain. The Bible says in verse 14, then those men, when they had seen the miracle Jesus did, they were drawn by personal gain. Jesus did a miracle for someone else. I want Jesus to do something for me. What can I get out of this? And that's really what deconstruction is about. It's about breaking down what I have previously said I believed and taking back the parts that I think fit into my life. It's it's picking and choosing a belief system. And so when these things draw people to the to Christ, you are very easily then drawn away from Christ, all right? So these people that begin to follow Christ because of the other people, because of the performance or because of personal gain, they begin to draw away from Christ. Number 1, when they begin to question his deeds. Listen now to chapter 6 verse 28. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They, they want to do something spectacular like Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. You know, that's the one thing that God wants out of us is just to believe on his son. He's not looking for some great, big, spectacular work. But then here's something interesting. Verse 30, they said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see? And believe thee, what dost thou work? They began to question the deeds of Jesus. What can you do that we can actually visually see, and then maybe we will believe on you? Now, here's what's interesting. Prior to that comment, Jesus had to, had, had completed two things. Number one, he had fed 5,000 people. Well, actually, probably more like 20,000 because there were 5,000 men. And then you add in women and children, and there were just a, a handful of, of loaves and fishes. Remember that story? So Jesus has done that. Not only that, Jesus has walked upon the water. He did those two things, and here they are. They're saying, well, can you show us something else? You know, some people say, well, I'll believe in God if I see some big miracle. No, you won't. These people saw all these things happen and still did not believe. So they begin to draw away when they question the deeds of Jesus. Number two, they be began to question the deity of Jesus. Verse 41, Jesus says, or, or Jesus says in verse 40, this is the will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have eternal life or everlasting life. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? 
You say, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. If you just take of me, you can have everlasting life. And they said, well, he's just Joseph's son. He's just another man. You see, they're questioning the deity of Christ. Anytime a a preacher or a teacher or someone who claims to be, you know, a, a person uh, of God, they will not outright say that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. They are an apostate. They are they are not someone to listen to. They may say Jesus was a good teacher, a good man, a good pattern, but if they will not say Jesus is God, I would turn them off in a heartbeat. Don't watch them. Don't read their books. Don't listen to their CDs. Watch them on television. That's what people do who begin to deconstruct. They question the deeds of Christ and the deity of Christ. And then they question the directions of Christ. In verse 51, Jesus says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus is referring to his broken body that would be crucified on the cross. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They were looking at this from the natural mind. Is he talking about cannibalism? What's he talking about here? Jesus is saying that my body body is the way to God. My broken body, my shed blood. You know, when we take the elements of the Lord's Supper, those elements do not save us. They are a picture of the broken body, the flesh, and the poured out blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are a reminder. They are a picture. And Jesus here says, do this and, and you'll have everlasting life. Well, that was a turnoff to them. And so what began as excitement and as expectation and boy, we're going to have great experiences with Jesus. It turned into doubting and eventually departing because again, in verse 66, the Bible says from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Number two, we see the danger of deconstruction now. What is the spiritual condition and the eventual fate of those who deconstruct or walk away from their faith that they once claimed? Number one, it tells us that they had a false profession, a false profession. Hebrews chapter 2 And verse 1, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received its just uh, recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The word neglect means abandon. Now here's what those verses mean. It means that someone who was maybe drawn from the crowd or the emotion or the excitement, or maybe they had a head knowledge of God, they let those things slip because it never took root in the first place. We are not talking about people who were once saved and lost their salvation. Why? Because salvation is a free gift of God. That is an act of the Holy Spirit who then seals us until the day of redemption. They never had true salvation conversion. Jesus gives the parable of the sower in the Gospels and talks about how the, the, the cares of the world begin to choke out and the, the seed never took root. You see, that's a false profession. Maybe they went forward because uh, other people did, or maybe they were caught up in the emotion of something. But when it really came down to it, there was never a heart conversion that took place. They had a false profession. Number two, with a false profession comes a failed possession. 
All right? When we get saved, we possess the Holy Spirit. We call it the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But someone who has had a false profession never has had the Holy Spirit to begin with. Now, let me read this to you, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, all right? Enlightened means they received the information and have tasted of the heavenly gift. Notice they didn't ingest it. They just took a taste of it and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, never indwelt by the Holy Ghost. They just were maybe around that, you know, the, the spirit was moving, maybe in a service or something and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they should fall away, that means walk away from the faith, to renew them again to repentance. It's impossible to do that, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. In other words, Christ would have to be crucified again because they have turned from a faith they once claimed. Now, understand, they had a taste of God. You know, uh, I, as a child, I did not like peas and my dad wanted me to eat peas. And so I sat there at the table and I can remember, I don't remember how old I was, but he said, just taste them, you know, just try it. And I would taste them and bleh, just spit it back out. I did not ingest them. I just took a taste. Some people do that with the things of God. They get a taste of it, maybe through uh, a concert or maybe even a message or something, but it never takes root. They have a false possession. So they, they had a false profession. And then they had a failed possession. The Holy Spirit never took root in their life. And then they end up with a fateful progression because it ends up worse than it would have been had they never claimed uh, salvation in the first place. I'm going to read now from Hebrews 10 and verse 29. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, uh, 29, of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God? And hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, walk away from my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You see, someone who has heard the gospel and maybe they claim salvation, but then they turn their back and they say, I'm no longer a Christian. I, I deconstruct from that. It will end up worse for them in judgment than it would have been had they never heard before. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is required. You know, those who walk away, they were never of the faith in the first place. They didn't have it and then lose it. They were never part of it to begin with. John makes this clear in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 19. He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they would have been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. These are apostates, those who deconstruct and walk away from truth and from the faith. Well, let me give you the last point and I'm done. That is the deterrent from deconstruction. How do you and I prevent this from happening to us? It involves three things. Number one, spiritual examination. Spiritual examination. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse five says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. 
you know, a doctor will tell you once in a while, do a self-examination. Maybe if you have moles or something on your skin to to check for skin cancer, do a self-exam. Well, we need to do a spiritual self-exam. Am I really saved? Am I saved because I had a true conversion experience or was it because I went forward because someone pressured me into it? Or do I think I'm saved because I went to church with grandma or because dad was a preacher? Is that why? Or am I truly a believer in Jesus Christ? Have I really had a change, a conversion? Have I been born again? Spiritual examination. Number two, spiritual education. Spiritual education. First Timothy chapter one. One thing that we need to make sure that we are doing and the, the main purpose of this broadcast, the Bible truth broadcast is to teach and preach the word of God. The uh, theological term is doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. It's education. First Timothy one and verse three. The Bible tells, or Paul here in the Bible tells Timothy, I charge uh, thee that you teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables, stories, and endless genealogies, which minister questions, always questioning, well, what about this and what about that? You know, some questions are okay if you're truly looking for answers. Some people just question because they want an argument. They want to debate. He says, don't waste time with that. Just focus on those things that godly edify in the faith. That means that build up. And then in verse 6, he says, some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. Some people, I have found this in the ministry over the years, some people like to just drift into all of this uh, mystical and spiritual things, and they never get truly into just the meat of God's Word. We need to make sure as preachers, as pastors, evangelists, missionaries, that we are educating people, not with our opinions, but with the plain Word of God. And then the last one, there's examination, education, and evangelization. We need to make sure we're reaching people with the gospel. The word gospel means good news. The good news is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the true gospel. Now, the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. It's not a second gospel. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert, twist the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Don't motivate him. Don't read his books. Don't listen to him. Let him be accursed. If And Paul reiterates, he says, if anybody, an angel or anybody, preaches any other gospel, let them be accursed. Now, there are many gospels out there today. I, I just thought of some. There's the social gospel. The social gospel says if we uh, meet the needs of people, give them clothes and food and water, then that will somehow um, help them to get to heaven. No, doing that is fine, but we need to make sure that along with that, we give them the true gospel, and that is Jesus Christ, because you can have good clothes and food and water and die and go to hell. The gospel is what changes the heart. That's what brings salvation. There's the social gospel. There's the prosperity gospel. That's a popular one today, that uh, if you get saved, Jesus will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise, and life will just get better and better and better. And if it's not, you just need more faith. That's a false gospel, the prosperity gospel. There's the feel-good gospel. If you get saved, Jesus will make your life so much better, and things will just be rosy. No, I want to tell you the truth. You may get saved, and life gets worse. 
The Bible says that in this world you shall have tribulation, all right? Those who live godly shall suffer persecution. So it's unbiblical to say uh, it's a feel-good gospel that everything will just be better when you get saved. Now, it will be in the end. We know that for sure. And uh, you also have joy and peace and those things that are fruit of the Spirit. And then there's the cultural gospel. The cultural gospel is getting involved in these things like diversity and equity and uh, all of those sort of things, uh, you know, that uh, help the society, justice and and all of that. Those things uh, have their place, but they are not the true gospel. All right. So our motivation is evangelization. It should always be the good news of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Listen, just as an old oak tree is strong and grows tall because of its root system, we need to be rooted in what we believe and know that we're grounded in the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if someone says, I'm, I'm deconstructing, what they're doing is they're walking away from the faith. Don't even mess with that stuff. You just stay true to God's word. And as you seek the truth, God will give you more truth. He'll give you light and uh, stick to preachers who are preaching the word of God. There's a lot of them in our area that are preaching the word of God. They're telling the truth and you need to find a good church where the pastor is doing that. And, uh, and I hope that can be said of this radio broadcast as well. Thank you so much for being a part of our program. I look forward to being with you again at the next appointed time. Until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying, may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at Hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.